Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bread and hamburger and nachos and more hamburgers. Jesus Christ, what I would stuff in my fucking mouth. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I am Heather B. Armstrong. And I am John R. Bray. My voice is a little hoarse today. <laughs> I finished the audio recording of my book yesterday, although I have to go back in uh, tomorrow and do some pickups. Some pickups, uh, like, like corrections? What does like that if mean? I missed a line ah. or I said something weird. Um, so I read for like six hours yesterday. Um, so my, I'm a little hoarse, but I mean... I'm also hoarse because I puked for over 24 hours <laughs> while I was preparing for my colonoscopy. <laughs> it's a hell of a way to prep, really. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. So how was that? Oh, my God. This is, this is the GI follow-up episode, by the way. This episode is dedicated to... Um, and I really, really hope that you guys share your stories of having a really hot doctor um probe your parts <laughs> or or really i mean just anyone having to care for you really mm -hmm. because i think we've all been there yeah we've all been well i mean i got a, a i got referred to this gastroenterologist and I I knew his name before I went in and it sounded like a French name. And for some reason I had this idea of a black French man being the GI. And when he walked in, it was, he was straight out of like oh, a God. soap opera hospital drama. Like he was so hot. <laughs> And this was your first appointment, and as you're sitting there, you know already that you get to talk to him about poop. Not just poop, though, but your poop. <laughs> um, yeah, and not only is he hot, he's Chilean, <laughs> and he's got this really, really, really hot Chilean accent. And he sat down, and I was like, um, I'm fine. I've, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. Nothing's wrong with me. I'm I'm good. I should leave now. <laughs> I need to leave. I need to get out of oh, here man. right now. <laughs> it was I was like no 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 and he starts saying he's saying words that I just don't want him to say. And they refer to me and I'm just like this is like you can't even look at him in the face. What am I fucking supposed to do here? Fuck. It's it's so hard too because it's so just matter of fact for them. Yeah. In all of those interactions, I've never, I've, they've never made me feel weird because they're so straightforward about it. Yeah. And that almost makes it 
worse. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be here talking to you about my bowels anyway, but the fact that you're so casual about it is really concerning. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm like, I mean, he was like, okay, so this is what we're going to do. We are going to do a colonoscopy. And I was like, ah, oh, okay, well, I've, you know, I've heard about colonoscopies and he says, we're going to do it on Monday. And I'm like, what? No, 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 no. I need, I need at least like half of a year to prepare for the idea that you were going to stick a camera up my butt. You, you of all people sticking a camera up my butt. I just don't, I don't, oh, I got to prepare for this. <laughs> oh, oh God. Okay. So you haven't had a colonoscopy, have you? Nope. Okay. I'm really um, not looking forward to it either. I've heard, well, I've heard many, 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 many different stories about colonoscopies. And everybody says the actual procedure itself is not bad. It's preparing for the procedure, right? right. So I go to get this thing called Colite. It's this gallon jug of, it's, a, it's, it's basically what cleans you out, right? Right. Get you ready for the camera. Clear the way. Yeah. <laughs> are we really talking about this? We are. Okay. Okay. Um, and my favorite pharmacist was at the pharmacy that day, and they they had it on hand, and they you know I I'm, I'm it's free apparently. Really? Um, Interesting. Yeah, it was totally free. Yeah, I didn't. And although I didn't understand because this wasn't like a preventative procedure, this was because I was having symptoms. And usually when you have symptoms, you have to pay for everything. But maybe just maybe colite is just at, like always free. Maybe. I don't know. Um, it's a good huh. question. I have yeah. to look that up. But she <laughs> she handed it to me and she goes, looks like you're going to have a good weekend. Oh, God. <laughs> Because I, the procedure was done on Monday afternoon and they had me do, they wanted me to do two days of prep. So I couldn't eat anything on Saturday or Sunday. It was all liquid and then all liquid on Monday. So two and a half days of nothing but liquids. And she looked at me and she was like, yeah, you're going to have a fun, fun weekend. And I was like, I have heard people keep saying that this was like the worst experience of their life. And she was like, Oh no, 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 not at all. Like just take it easy and don't do anything and don't work and just watch TV. And I was like, okay, well that's, that's encouraging. And then you know what I did? <sighs> oh no. I said out loud, well, I mean, it can't be worse than an unmedicated childbirth, right? So you asked for it. You set yourself up for this. <laughs> Those could have been my last words, man. Those could have been my last words right there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was man. bad. It was bad. I threw up for 24 hours. That stuff that they made me drink made me so sick. Because, And then at that point, I hadn't eaten in two, two and a half days. So by the time we got into the car to go to the hospital, I was seeing things in weird dimensions. 
I was totally hallucinating. <laughs> I was, I was miserable. I threw up, like I threw up right before we left. I threw up right when we got there. I threw up in front of the nurse as she was attaching the IV to my arm. Yeah. And the whole time though, I think it's worth mentioning, like despite these days of vomiting, all you can really think about is food, <laughs> which is, which is a weird <laughs> position to be in i mean i have you sent me a text right. that said bread and hamburger and nachos and more hamburgers jesus christ what i would stuff in my fucking mouth and this is like <laughs> at the height of all the vomiting so that's a pretty weird dynamic it, it was and i was craving salt even though like the electrolytes the drink that they had the drink that you drink i thought i was gonna be like a gatorade no, it tastes, did I say that it tastes like Trump you semen? Is that did, what yeah. I said? And that's exactly what I wanted to hear again. Thank you. <laughs> it's like a salty, rancid, it was, it was just, it was rancid. And it was a gallon that I had to drink. Over how long? Like what was the? So I, I drank half of it on Sunday night and then I had to drink the other half very early on Monday Ugh. morning. That second half had to be especially th- terrible because you knew. Yeah, I I took a I tried to slam back a glass of it very early that morning, and I threw I I immediately threw it up. Um, so I had to drink it very slowly. <laughs> God. So there was li- there was like literally nothing left in your body at all. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. Well, and. And I and I was so bloated because of the that liquid. I was so bloated that I looked like twelve months pregnant, and like my every part of my body was bloated. It was just so terrible. So you had to go in and let a hot doctor stick a camera up your bloated ass. <laughs> That's really how this all plays out. Well, I was going to say, when I got to the hospital, I had to go to the big, big, big hospital. We call it the mothership. It's a huge, huge building. It's like one of the biggest buildings in the valley. You can see it from everywhere. It's where I gave birth to Marlo. And I get there, and he goes to park the car, and I'm, I catch a whiff of something, of food, but it... I was so sick at that point that the smell of food was making me sicker. And there was a woman in the lobby, like helping the valet, or maybe she is the valet and she's got a Chick-fil-A bag. And I wanted to (laughs) punch her in the fucking face. Like what the fuck are you doing with food in the lobby of a hospital where people like are throwing up and shitting and (sighs) like, what are you doing? Oh wow! It should be that should be like there should be a rule about that. Like, don't bring your rancid food into the lobby of a hospital. No. And you were fully in a position to like kill for that too. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, like I'm like I, the whole memory of the experience is is in pieces and. Because I was so delirious that I, I don't remember getting in the elevator. I don't remember. There's all this stuff that I don't remember because I was just completely 
dehydrated and sick and it was awful. And I know that so many people out there are like, my colonoscopy wasn't that bad at all. It was fine. Whatever. And I, I don't know how. <laughs> so probably not going to be a regular thing, huh? Um, they removed a polyp. Oh, well, there you go. A very small one. And at this point, you have to have them. Once you have your first one, I think you have to have one every five years, especially if you, if they found something like that. Wow. But I mean, yeah. the whole point of this was, I mean, not for a polyp. Like, we're trying to figure out what's going on so you can actually eat food and feel normal, right? Mm-hmm. And that's still up in the air? Turns out that you can now take a blood test to determine if you have celiac disease. Huh. And maybe I just haven't been paying enough attention, but I think back in the day, like determining celiac was like a super complicated elimination diet. I don't know. But they drew blood and I showed you a picture, didn't I? Oh yeah, of, of your the arm. bruise on my arm. Oh, that's gonna be that's gonna be the cover photo for this one is the bruise <laughs> on my arm that the phlebotomist left. The good um, phlebotomist, too. I mean, that was a bruise was from good. a good I, like, I, person. Yeah. I didn't even feel the needle go in, and I had a bruise. I mean, it looked like somebody had beaten me. I don't have celiac disease. Well, that's uh, good. So that's not it. Um, he didn't find anything wrong in my colon. Um, and then there's some other stuff that I'm not going to talk about. <laughs> Ah, oh, good times. Well, I, I, it, my mother has experienced the same thing. And so she had a very long talk with me about her treatment and how it's helped her. And so. So you have a direction to go from here. I have a direction to go. He also gave me a medication to take um, that's supposed to help with this as well. So we're going to go from here. So do you think you get to revisit the Chilean doctor, maybe without a camera up your ass? <laughs> I don't even want to talk about what has to happen next. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't remember if I, if I mentioned it, but I mean, it was the exact same situation when I blacked out in Starbucks and then had to. Yes, you told me, right? It was, it was awful. And I felt like it was just a joke because... I was on, I mean, I was on the cardiac floor and they had like the phlebotomist came in just this gorgeous, like mid to late twenties, <laughs> blonde, super sweet. And I'm this slumpy hospital gown looking like shit. And she comes in and I have a terrible fear of needles. So that was a ton of fun. And then because I was a fall risk, which we all remember, <laughs> I was not allowed to get out of bed to use the bathroom. So I had to just pee in a jug, basically. Oh, God. But I couldn't even do that on my own. So they had to tie like a, like a fall strap around my waist and then come in while I, while I peed into a jug and hold the fall, strap, fall strap from behind, <laughs> which is the open side of the gown anyway. So that's super awesome. And because I th the night that I was there, there was a nurse and a PCT and they need two people in there and they're both gorgeous. 
So that was great. And they're like holding the fall strap and just having a conversation behind me, just like about life as I'm supposed to pee in a jug. And after a while, I finally just looked over my shoulder. I'm like, you can you just go? Like, I won't, I won't even go to the bathroom. Just go. This is not okay. This is not going to work. <laughs> oh, she was looking at your butt. My God. She was looking at your butt. And they're having she like totally a casual was. conversation to act like they weren't. Yeah. Uh, like, how, how <sighs> does that even, it just doesn't seem fair. Okay. Yeah. I was, mind you, I, I was so sick that I couldn't even change the clothes that I was in. I like, I couldn't physically maneuver my body to like change the clothes that I had been wearing for over a day. So I was in yoga pants and um, just like a really messy t-shirt and uh, I go in and they were concerned about me because I looked so bad. They were like, let's get you, let's, let's weigh you and let's, let's lie you down and stick your head back and put your feet up. And, and I'm just like, I know that there's probably vomit in my hair somewhere <laughs> and like the, like my whole face is puffy and and I'm so delirious and of course so cowboy is there with me he was a fucking saint I mean and I was normally I can handle being sick I can you know I'm fascinated by pain I've done I've given birth twice I've run three marathons like but the nausea was racking my body and I couldn't control, I couldn't control the noise coming out of my face. <laughs> and it was the noise, the noise. I was just, in, I was in agony and he was just such a saint through the whole thing. And I'm lying there in this chair and the woman um, is attaching the IV and I just deliriously was like, I can't believe that he is going to be the one looking at my butt. Oh, God. And she, she says, oh, well, have you, have you seen him before? And I was like, no, I was a referral. Why did they refer me to him? And Cowboy leaned over. It's a really small room. And he, he touched my leg. And he's like, she was just hoping that a less attractive doctor was going to have to look at her butt. <laughs> Oh, God. And the nurse said, oh, yeah, well, every nurse on this floor is very aware of Dr. Batista. And I was like, really? She goes, oh, yeah. She goes, I am, too. I mean, I'm old, but I'm not dead yet. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, at least you know it wasn't just you. It wasn't just me. No. Mm -mm. It was just you who had no. to have the camera. That's all. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you know, at the end, they hand me this paperwork that has photos that they took. Of the journey? Inside. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. That could be the, that could be the, the art of this of episode. <laughs> no. It was horrible, John. <laughs> I do want everyone to know I, I really tried to offer up some video footage as like a patron only <laughs> specialty, but Heather wasn't having any of that. I wasn't no, I quite mean, literally behind the scenes. So I was going to take a photo like of the room maybe, 
I was, but I was, I could, I didn't even know where my phone was. And no, I, I, no. You hardly knew where you were. I mean, let's just be honest. Yeah. I hardly knew where I was. And then afterward, I was still so sick that I couldn't eat. I tried to eat a hamburger because that's what I wanted to have to break the fast. And I couldn't, I ate, a, I ate one bite of it and threw it up. And that was, so this was like Monday evening, afternoon? Monday night. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Tuesday was better? Tuesday I had to get up and go record my audiobook. <laughs> oh, wow. The, the woman who was helping me, she, there's a woman in New York who does this and she was Skyping and I'm in a studio here in Salt Lake. She's like, how you doing? And I was like, I'm, um, you know, I'm okay. <laughs> She's like, okay, do you have your weekend? And I was like, well, uh, I, um, I had a colonoscopy yesterday and she's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I was like, well, you guys scheduled the studio and I didn't want to like disappoint you. <laughs> so. So you had to record, I mean, the last, cause this is the third time, right? Third or fourth. This was the third time. Okay. Yeah. And the first two were, we'll just settle on emotional. The first two were extraordinarily emotional and brutal. And I, uh, yeah, it was bad. I came away from those two recordings and I was pretty much emotionally beaten up. Was this one better? This one was a little bit better. Yeah. Cause it's towards the latter half of the book. Right. Where things start to look up a little bit. But I mean, several times I would stop and go, who wrote this goddamn book? Oh my God, who did this? <laughs> but I got it done and um, yeah. So it's been kind of a whirlwind. Uh, yeah, and that's not even like, that's not even, you know, 25% of what has happened in the last three days. Not even, it's not even, you know. There's that. There was that person on my Instagram, I don't know if you saw it, your life always seems like it's a car wreck. I don't know why your life, why you make your life seem that way, but I keep following along for some reason. That was the comment? And, yeah. All right, then. And um, I told you everything that happened yesterday or some of what happened yesterday. And it's like, <laughs> Right. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean... Sometimes I just think life is just a car wreck anyway. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just sometimes more of a fender bender and more of a collision. Like, there's just so much shit always happening. And it's nonstop. It's nonstop, yeah. I told my mother everything yesterday. And um, she was like, I'm coming. Marlo has an orthodontist appointment this morning, of course. And she's like, I'm coming to take her to the orthodontist and I'll take her back to school. And then I'm going to come and I'm going to do your laundry and you've got to get some work done. And so I'm going to come help you. And I was like, and she says, and, and I'm not taking no for an answer. This is a test. And when she walked in the door this morning, she was like, come here. And she hugged me and she's like, I can't believe what has happened in the last two days of your life. It's just 
she's like, it's ridiculous. And I just started crying. Well, it feels good to be validated. Like, yeah, I mean, clearly she sees it and didn't yeah. come in and say, why do you make your life seem like a car wreck? <laughs> Which would have been a pretty shitty thing for your mom to say. But no, I totally missed that. Yeah. But we did want to talk about hot doctors. And I don't ever want a hot doctor to have to hold my fall strap. Oh, God. Yeah, you don't. You really don't. You really just avoid that. Just don't pee for days if you have to. You're like, you, I bet you're like, listen, I'm not normally a fall risk. That's not who I really am. And I know. And what I eventually ended up doing because they had, they had like a bed sensor on so they would know if I got up. So I couldn't just they did? sneak. Yeah. So I couldn't sneak into the bathroom. So I stood on the bed (laughs) and peed into the jug, which as a fall risk is probably a bad thing. A really bad thing. But I had to pee and there's no way I'm going to do it when one or both of those two women were holding my fall strap. You've got stage fright. Oh my God. Like. Oh my God. It's just not going to happen. Holy shit. Even on a good no. day, I didn't want an audience. Like, and it wasn't a good day. Oh my god! Um, so I know this guy, and I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to embarrass him. But this I've is known so him great. for <laughs> I've known him for like 13 or 14 years. I met him in Vancouver when I went to a, a conference there, and um, he he and I have messaged each other several times throughout the years he gave me a lot of advice about paris and where to go and and i I think he saw my instagram story where i was talking about prep for my colonoscopy and he sent me uh, an email and said that he'd had two in the last six months and had to get one in the next month or so oh my god wow which i can't imagine i just no no Um, no no and I told him about my whole experience and, and then followed up with, oh, and by the way, of course the doctor that stuck a camera up my butt is super hot and has a super hot accent. And he wrote me back. <laughs> I have to read this. And he, he gave me permission to read this. Okay. I've had some exceptionally hot doctors and nurses, but I figure if they've ever operated on you, there's no chance of a future romantic linkup having seen you at your worst and all. The surgeon who zapped my kidney stones last year was smoking. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Smoking, but after having had my flaccid penis in her hand, I have to guess the interest wouldn't be there. (laughs) My glaucoma doctor is gorgeous, and I swear she's hitting on me, always shuts the door and just starts shooting the shit about everything, but eye stuff or diabetes. And now I have a gorgeous new Egyptian hematologist who is a big hugger. Totally <laughs> caught me off guard. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It just, it's just not right. Having my flaccid penis in her hand. <laughs> but again, it's, it, I come back to just how matter of fact it is. It's like. Right? She holds flaccid penises all the time. Like, it's not, it doesn't yeah. even phase her. Doesn't even phase her. Like, take your pants down. Right. There's your penis. But, yeah. but for him to, like, reflect back on being in that state, it's horrifying. Oh, I, I mean, I have to, I have to have the, 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 the image and the sound and the memory of Dr. Batista saying hemorrhoids. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, that that sound of the word just like reverberating in my brain coming out of his mouth. What? No. Ooh, ooh. Yep. And you will never forget that. No. But he's already moved on to the next rectal camera. So. You know. <laughs> rectal camera. Yeah. It's like a GoPro, but just for your ass. It's a fascinating, it is a, like, it's very fascinating to look at your own colon. It's very fascinating. It's a very interesting thing to see. So um, that's a fun thing about the colonoscopy. That that was fun. I just want to make sure that you're aware that you've reached a point in your life where it's fascinating to examine your colon. I mean, this is a common procedure. And oh, and they use propofol, by the way. They did? Which okay. they did. And for those who know about my book, the clinical study that I went, that I underwent used propofol as the um, primary anesthetic. And I've forgotten. Have you, have you been under before? Nope. Which is why I'm dreading, well, part of the reason I'm dreading the wisdom teeth. There is, um, and I had forgotten about when, I don't know. I, I think there were a few times during my treatment where I felt the buzz of the anesthesia. You get this really incredible, there's like, uh, there's like a 20 second period where they start the anesthesia and you're, you're like, oh my God, like nothing matters. Everything is fine. Nothing matters. Whoa. Yeah. Let's do this. And then you're out. It feels so, it feels so good. And then. You wake up. <laughs> oh, well, that doesn't sound so bad then. Yeah, no. That part, like the whole procedure itself was fine. There's nothing to fear there other than the fact that you know that a very hot doctor was poking around where he shouldn't have been. Oh, man. Yeah, that just makes it so much worse. Mm -hmm. Like a bad experience that just... It just tops it off. But he was extraordinarily thorough. <laughs> thorough. He was, he, was he? Well, that's good. I don't want to say that word. 
He was thorough in telling, like explaining things to me and offering options and like, we're going to try this and see if it works. And we're going to try this and see if it works. Whereas um, I recounted that first interaction with my old, my old, old doctor who was like, go eat more vegetables. Right. Like one solution. That's not a solution. Yeah. He was very like, we're going to try this. And if that doesn't work, we'll try this. And if that doesn't work, we'll try this. And so I really appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Well, last week, I think it was last week, uh, Lexton had, he got a cavity, his first cavity. And he had to go in. And as it, as it turns out, he doesn't respond very well to, I, I don't know, like whatever numbing agent they use. Because I told him, I said, they're, they're oh probably God. just going to give you L- like one shot. Lidocaine. Yeah. Right. Okay. I said one shot, they'll, they'll put like a topical on and then they'll give you that. You won't even feel it. It's fine. So the procedure goes through and like 45 minutes later, his dentist comes out and <laughs> Lexton has always hated the dentist. Like it has taken four people in the room to get him to do x-rays when he was little. <laughs> Hate like he has a terrible gag reflex. It's awful. They all know it. It's a thing. So his dentist comes out and he's trying to contain this smirk because he goes, so he didn't respond real well to the lidocaine the first time (laughs) or the second time or the third time. But by the fourth shot, I think we got it. He's like, so he's going to feel a little numb for a while. And then he, so he leaves and Lexton comes out and his, it was, it was the best teenage fuck you face I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. Like he walked out and before I could even say anything, he's like, let's go now. But he's talking through he lips drooling? that are like, like, could he even? No, it was like, if he could have gritted his teeth, they would have been gritted. But it was, it was like he was trying and couldn't quite do it. Oh, that poor thing. And I, and, oh, that's so and sad. when his dentist came out, like after him that time, he said, honestly, that's probably how it's going to be for him. Like, that's his body's response. He's like, so my only advice is that you floss your teeth and brush. Are you doing that really well every night? And he kind of looked at me and then looked back at the dentist. He's like, no. I'm like, okay, well, that's good. We'll leave now. <laughs> We're all set. <laughs> yeah. And he was, he, he was like tingly for hours. I mean, I feel, I feel bad, but it's just... His his dental experiences have always been so bad. Yeah. And of course, it's the time I tell him, like, it's going to be fine. I hate shots. You're going to be good. And then he gets four. Four. That's so insane. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, he, he's never had to go through anything like that. So I really don't know if that's just, if it's maybe just that one medication or it's going to be like that. Every time they try something like that, I don't know. I remember Lita had a couple of like the first shot didn't work, and she had to she had to have this thing at the top of between. There's this little piece of skin on her top lip that connects to her gums. Okay. And she had to have it lasered, like cut. Okay, to release it. Sure. Yeah, and they had to give her two shots. I remember because she the first one didn't numb her. I wonder if that's common. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess everyone has a different response to it. I mean, when I when I had a cavity filled, it was the topical and one shot. like, And it was fine. I responded well. It was easy. 
but I don't know. I wonder huh. what triggers though the difference. Yeah. Yeah, I I will say that he has spent a considerable amount of time flossing and brushing since then. <laughs> so if if that's what it took, then I guess sure. Yeah, exactly. Although, I mean, some people are just prone to cavities. Yes. And I, I mean, I talked to him about that. I said there's people who are just prone to gum issues and there's people who are prone to cavities and there's people who just naturally have really good teeth. I'm like, and if you're prone mm -hmm. to cavities, you can floss and brush all the time and it's not going to prevent them forever. Yeah. But I also know you do a shitty job flossing your teeth. <laughs> so, you know, maybe like meet in the middle. Try, mm -hmm. see if it helps. Like if you're doing a good job and you're still getting them, then okay, then maybe it's an issue. Do you have any cavities? I do. I got my first cavity when I was 32, I think. Oh, fuck you. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, I have. So that's the, that's like the other issue with the wisdom teeth is that there is a cavity, but they can't fill it because of the position of one of the wisdom teeth. So I need to get them out so that I can get taken care of. So that doesn't spread to the wisdom tooth and then go down. Like it's a, there's just some shit waiting to go on in my mouth. And I need to get it taken care of. Oh, man. I hope it's a hot, hot doctor that does that for oh, you. Oh, it won't. I, I know the doctor I'm going to, and apparently he has. he's the the absolute best doctor in the area to do it. And he has terrible bedside manner. <laughs> Which I, I guess I would rather that than the other way around. But like every everyone, my dentist, the the doctor that I saw last week or the week before, and every single person I know who's had them out has recommended this guy without hesitation. Really? Which is nice. I mean, that's really encouraging. Yeah. That, yeah. And even the doctor that I saw, I asked him, I said, I've heard his bedside manner is terrible. And he laughed. He's like, that is probably true, but he's really good with the procedure. So I'm thrilled. It's not someone hot who has to like stare into my gaping mouth for God knows <laughs> right. how long. Um, there was a, I follow this doctor on Twitter and there was a thread, several threads over the weekend of people talking about bedside manners and being delivered bad news and how like their whole life has been affected by how that bad news was delivered to them by that doctor. And this doctor that I follow was like, you know, I received zero training in medical school for how to deliver bad news to patients. And this one person was talking about how they were standing in the hallway when the, the doctor passed by them and said, oh yeah, by the way, you've got a brain tumor and um, it's metastasized and did it like just sort of like casually mentioned that he needed to reschedule an appointment and come in. He didn't have much time to live. And it was just this horrifying story and it got all these people talking about their personal experiences with being delivered really, really, really bad health news. Yeah. And I mean, that would be terrible. Yeah. A good bedside manner is, I mean, when you find it, it's so comforting and I don't know. It's like, a, it feels like you're with a family member. Right. I think it's like they actually care enough to understand and see your humanity rather than just your patient status. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely don't discount it. I just feel like if he's really, really, really good, but bedside isn't great for this type of thing. Right. And it's probably 
it's probably going to be okay. And I, I do have to say so many people have messaged and emailed with very positive wisdom teeth stories. So thank you all. Oh, good. Like lots of them. Good. Which is really encouraging. Still terrified, but it has to happen. I know everything's going to go south if I don't get them out soon enough. So <laughs> don't, don't say anything like, well, it couldn't be that bad. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. I'll go into it with the exact opposite approach. I just know it. I, I think I wrote about this, but there was um there was a scare with Marlo's eyes once because the doctor fucked up and told me that her left eye was never going to get better than she was six seven at the time, six, her left eye was never going to get better. It was only going to get worse. And by the time she would be of driving age, she wouldn't be able to pass the driver's test. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, and he basically left the room and I was just gut punched. And, um, I finally got her into it up here, it's called the Moran Eye Center. By the way, Utah has the best medical facilities in the fucking world. Um, it does seem I'm that very, way. very, very lucky to live here. They have this thing called the Moran Eye Center, and it's associated with Primary Children's Hospital, which is a, a phenomenal children's hospital. And she saw the best doctor in the state for her eyes. And he, not only was he the best doctor, he sat down across from me and he could see the look on my face. And he put his hand on my knee and said, I want you to look at me. And I want to assure you that she's going to be totally fine. She's going to be able to drive. Her eyes are going to get better. And everything is going to be okay. And he was super tender and loving. Not loving. I guess that's too much. <laughs> right, right. Compassionate. <laughs> Compassionate, yeah. I, and I'm a big crier. And I just, like, I just started silently crying. And he's like, I, I know this is hard. And I was just like, you have no idea what I've been living through for the last two and a half months trying to see you. <laughs> and for someone like him too, it must be kind of infuriating. Like, yeah, to deal with a miss, like that significant of a misdiagnosis. He said, what happens unless you see a very specific pediatric ophthalmologist? Kids are kids are hard patients. They sometimes freeze when you ask them to read a letter because they, they're scared to give the wrong answer. So they don't give an answer or, or they're not paying attention or they're distracted. You have to know how to work with kids, especially when it comes to like reading something across the room. And he said that kids get misdiagnosed all the time because the doctors don't know how to work with them. That's really frustrating, though, because I feel like if they don't know how to work with them, then they shouldn't. I mean, <laughs> like, there's no shame in acknowledging and saying, yes, I'm a really good eye doctor, but I don't work with kids. It's not my area. Mm -hmm. Does Lexton wear glasses? He does, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he needs them. I mean, he's got them on all the time. Yeah. But has no it's interest in contacts. <laughs> not at all. It is a thing glasses is a lot it's a lot oh yeah yeah i mean i think i think they're it's uncomfortable having them on all the time like you have to clean them you have to i mean it's just i mean it sounds it sounds dumb because it's not like big stuff 
but just I don't have to worry about taking something off before I go to bed and making sure that they're yeah. set somewhere where I'm not going to step on them or knock them off the table or yeah yeah and for him it's just part of life I mean he's adjusted to it but I still I mean I see how often he has to clean his glasses or this or that I'm like damn it's just another it's yeah. another thing and Lita Lita cannot see she's so 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 is it nearsighted yeah so she can't see at a you distance can only see things yeah yeah she has to have her glasses like right there next to her bed in order for her to be able to like walk across the room oh yeah and that's sounds like lexton actually yeah yep everything is just super blurry and he can make out like general shapes and colors <laughs> and as we're talking about all of this, we've, I mean, we've discussed this ad, ad nauseum, but all of this costs so much money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. They quoted me, they quoted me what, what, the, what the colonoscopy was going to cost me, just the copay. And I was like, I think I'm fine. I think I'm fine. I don't want to spend that money having a hot doctor look at my butt. Right. I don't. Yep. Yeah, I mean, especially when it's something, I mean, not that you necessarily want to do any kind of medical procedure ever, but when it's one that you really don't want to do, mm -hmm. it's even worse paying for it. So I'm going to pay how much money to starve myself for three days, throw up for 24 hours. Okay, yeah. Oh, my God. And then come lay on a table looking like yeah. and feeling like shit for a hot doctor. <laughs> For a hot dog. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God. But now now it's over. Now it's done. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's not over. <laughs> the, cam the camera part is over, right? The camera part is well, over, but there's still more that has to happen. Oh, and they, they called me yesterday to schedule it, and I was like, no, <laughs> I still have to recover from this. But it's moving along. I mean, that's good. The fact that it's... Well, I could mm -hmm. to a certain point, I guess. <laughs> it would be kind of nice to have that recovery period in between. Also, in case anybody is getting a colonoscopy and hasn't ever had one, um, they didn't tell me this. He wa he wasn't thorough about this part. They didn't tell me this, but but no pun intended. <laughs> I guess they sometimes have to insert gas into the into your colon and sometimes into your stomach so that they can get the camera in and see everything clearly. Okay. And I woke up yesterday morning and I was so, the gas had not dissipated at all. I was so bloated that I could barely walk. It was so painful. I, I called the doctor. They were like, oh yeah, this, they use gas to, you know, insert the camera and see things and it should naturally like go into your system or be released and you'll feel better soon <laughs> will be released and if you don't if you don't go to the er <laughs> oh wow yeah and it did i mean eventually it just it did yeah i took some gas x and i can't believe we're just casually talking about this yeah but that is one thing that you should look out for if you have a colonoscopy is the bloating after word i will wrap up the episode because john's audio stopped <laughs> he's like you know what he did he hung up on me because he's like i'm done hearing about your butt heather done 
hearing about your butt. Okay, so uh, I'm going to wrap this up. Please send us your colonoscopy stories to stories at manicramblings.com and you can find us online uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at manicramblings. You can also find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash manicramblings. You can sign up for our newsletters, deuce.com slash book and John R. Bray books dot com John Bray books dot com and I just lip smacked again and until next time um, I really hope that none of you have to have a really hot doctor hold your flaccid penis in their hand <laughs> and if you're in Utah and you're referred to Dr. Batista for your colonoscopy just you know are you okay with having a hot doctor all up in there? So, um, good luck. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.